Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. In each episode, you will be hearing from a thought leader, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, someone who is desiring to bridge the gap between where you are and where you desire to be. Their stories will be authentic. Their stories will be humbling. Their stories will be impactful. So please tune in and enjoy. What's up? What's up, everybody? Everybody, what is going on? It is another Hot Takes Monday where we are always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. And so I tell you what, uh, this sister from another mister um, <laughs> is, is somebody who I absolutely, absolutely um, adore, not just because um, she comes with the color, with the flair, but <laughs> <laughs> she is she is the epitome of humble, open and transparent. Mm. Um, and I cannot count it a, a, a bigger pleasure than just to know uh, Coach Mel, Melissa D. White, uh, hey. the activator, all the, all, <laughs> you know, the, all the superlatives and all the rest I'm of the things. That good morning. Um, good morning. Coach Mel, what's going on? Oh man, you know what? I was hyped just from the intro. I'm like, that's that's how you start a show, Coach. Come on with it. I mean, to to get this hot take on a Monday morning, this is better than a cup of coffee, man. I'm so proud of you on what you're doing with this platform. Good morning to your audience. I see uh, Coach Tamiko out there and all the many others that join you on this journey. So thanks for having me. <laughs> Tell you what, um, it, it goes without saying. I, I know, uh, so so I'm gonna give a brief history, y'all, because I I would be remiss if I did not oh show how how we first met, right? Because mm-hmm. some of y'all, some of y'all, y'all gonna meet people who um I met this year in 2021 via via podcasting and all the rest of those things and expanding uh my community. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but me and Coach Mel, we've been rocking. We um, history. <laughs> years. And y'all, this is a testament to really, really seeking and being intentional about creating yes. community. And really, if if your current structure uh, is is not being uh, supportive, yeah. then maybe that's meant they weren't meant to. And so maybe there are other professionals and other people out there that you need to connect with and that you need to grow with. And, and Coach Mel was one of those people that as I was extending uh, my territory and something that God placed in me about connecting the dots, I reached out to Coach Mel. And this goes to some all you professionals out there who don't believe yes. updating your profile um, yes. is, is a thing. It's a really a thing. Um, really and, and Coach Mel, just, just just the story of where the, where she was at in, in her life. And, and mm-hmm. I was looking for a, a nonprofit executive uh, director to come speak at my event just to connect others to that space. Um, and Coach Mel, top of the top of the heat. I, I hit search. And we weren't even connected yet, but she came to the top of the search. Um, and I have been grateful for it ever since. So, Coach Mel, tell the people uh, who you are, where you're from, um, um, and then we'll get rolling. You know, I, I, I'm i just 
just astounded by that intro because it's so true when you have those aligned connections. I'm so thankful you're one of them. Um, I am an activator. I'm an activation coach. What does that mean? That means that I activate voices and amplify stories. And what I do in that space is I am an advocate for the unseen and unheard. If you are in the workspace, um, in your life, in your home, if you are in transition, oftentimes it's because um, you feel unheard. Employees leave companies because they feel undervalued and unheard. People leave relationships. Why? Because of lack of communication and feeling what? Unheard. And so I landed here in this space after 16 years in corporate. My background is as a corporate trainer um, in the multifamily apartment industry space. And what I've learned from training all over the country um, in my own personal space, the missing ingredient with um, the hundreds of teams I work with is that typically there's a cognitive disconnect between leadership and people. But I realize this isn't just in companies. It can happen in life, period, that voices are literally made. We're created with a sound and that sound is meant to be heard. It's distinct to us. It's calibrated to us. And if in any way that sound is stifled, we cannot operate at our fullest potential. It, come come through with cognitive. Um, hey, well, it's one of those things. Y'all, I'll tell you what, you better have your notebook out because uh, we're going to give you some words that you might have to go uh, to Webster come for. On, um, but, but I love I love that in, an active activist for the unseen and unheard. And then when I t- and when I tell y'all, um, Melissa, don't play about that thing. Um, when yeah. when when it comes to helping and supporting her clients, um, she's a practitioner. I told y'all I'm bringing practitioners, people who get their hands dirty in this work. Um, and Melissa, if you could just uh, a story that you could share of what makes really makes this um, a a thing for you, mm-hmm. making sure voices are heard. It comes from a deeply personal place. And it's it's not just in the workplace, it's across generations. I really, uh, I was thinking about it this morning as I was preparing to have a chat with you today. I said, you know, as kids, we're told children should be seen and what? Not heard. Not heard. And if you look at how that has transformed for today's time, it has been um, the new generation Gen X that has stood up and and been heard like they're the ones who came out to vote they're the ones who came out to make a difference it it's it's critical you know and I I I experienced it growing up where oftentimes if I felt like I couldn't find my audible voice I found my written voice mm. and a voice has one of two ways it has to come out is either going to be heard or it's going to be written. Well, what happens in organizations, if there is a blockade or a gate that blocks that, then now you don't have a fully functioning relationship on either side. And I've experienced that in corporate America. Mm-hmm. I've learned that for me to be, again, at full capacity, my full self, is oftentimes um, if I'm invited into a room and I'm there for the sake of diversity or just the fact that I truly am qualified, What's the point of me being in a room if I'm not included in conversations that are transformative? And so I felt that and I noticed it in one organization I was with and I switched organizations. It happened again. I said, wait, is it really fully the organization's fault or am I equipped with the tools and taught how to step up and utilize my voice in a way of impact? 
So I, I didn't want anyone else to ever feel that way again. And I, I found because I couldn't be heard at my job, I created other outlets outside of it that brought fulfillment. So now that's why everything I do is about that purpose for the unseen and unheard. Employees shouldn't have to create that space outside of because that's a missed opportunity for the company and for the leader themselves. And I've experienced it personally. I've left jobs because I've asked for opportunities and been looked over. I've stepped up and volunteered for things. And it's like, wait, I've been serving on this ad hoc committee or doing this work, but yet someone else who spoke up to the right person at the right time got an opportunity. So anybody who's been marginalized in that way, it doesn't feel good. And at some point is we have an obligation to speak up for those in that space. Yeah. And, and one of the things that that speaks to um, is what, what we now know as the unspoken sponsorship uh, yeah. within organizations. And, and, and again, it not necessarily that person spoke to the right person, but they 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 were already in the bubble, if you will. They already mm -hmm. had the look. They were already on paper. Right. Um, somebody that they were actually going to pull forward anyway. And what happened a, a lot happens a lot of times, uh, particularly in in our communities, is the performative versus the potential. And yeah. and and so a lot of organizations, and you talk about that younger generation coming up. They've been parented and, and grandparented and yeah. aunt, aunt and uncled by Gen folks that, yeah. that have been passed over. And mm. so they're they're being fed into these values of, hey, mm. know your worth, know the things that you're capable of yeah. and then prepare for those next opportunities. And so when you talk about um, because at the end of the day, everybody is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And you you have something that you say, particularly around people being calibrated to know something. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is what I learned in business. Right. When I started out as a coach, like I said, I've had a career in training, but I was introduced to this thing called coaching. And I was like it was like that mind blown emoji moment. And what I realized was when I started my coaching practice four years ago, didn't happen the way they think, like how they say, if you build it, they'll come. No, it didn't work like that at all. I built this coaching practice. I had this website and the people weren't coming. And I had to, I realized I had a story and that was the missing ingredient. And I'll tell you how I figured that out. <laughs> I literally posted a picture of like a really terrible accident that had happened to me and how I transformed my life. Now I didn't post it for any particular reason, you know, to connect it to my business. I posted it just simply telling the story and how I was thankful I survived this accident. Well, inadvertently, I ended up getting clients off of it. Anytime I told something totally transparent about my life, it got people's attention. And then it clicked that your story is the missing piece and that your voice is calibrated to the people that are assigned to you. It wasn't for everybody. It was just for my people. So uh, sometimes what happens is that we shut our mouths because we think, oh, nobody's listening or, oh, I heard somebody else say that. Well, now nah, I can't say that now because, you know, ABC culture over there is already saying they stole my line. No, they didn't. They said it with their voice in their way. So their people can hear it. And then I had to test this theory, Lawrence, and I kept doing that over and over. I was like, okay, be a little bit more transparent. Now be a little bit more transparent. Now say it in your own way. And there's a very big difference between giving you someone's scripted version of my story and giving you my story my way. And that is called calibration. Ooh. <laughs> it's 
getting good early. Oh, Let me share this because we we is we on fire. This is it's the truth. We're calibrated, and that cancels out imposter syndrome. When there you, you know go. your voice has a unique melody, tone, intonation, and cadence mm. that is for your people only, then you get over the fact that you're not who you say you are because wow. no one can have the impact that you do. We know that as speakers too, right, mm -hmm. Lauren? Yep. Like there, there is a sound that, yep. that uniquely comes out of your voice. And it's not just the words, it's the pause, it's the intonation, it's the tone, it's all of the things that come with how it, with your, your vocal DNA. Absolutely. Uh, so, so here, and here's the thing um, that when I, when I did my TEDx, um, the organizer said something like right before all of us took stage and, and he made mention to not trying to get our message to land with everybody. And the main mm -hmm. point that Greg was trying to get us to understand is that if just one person, mm -hmm. if just one person takes that message and they do something with it, mission accomplished. Like, do not get, do not go looking to the left or to the right, looking at their superlatives, looking at their likes, their loves, the, the vanity metrics, if you will. Um, but it would, like you said, it's like people are drawn to your voice. Um, and then they're, they're, then you said something, it helps you control or helps you put in check imposter syndrome because we have a question right now. Yes. Uh, Coach Mel, how did you maintain your identity while working in this corporate space, but before making making that transition? Wow, that's an excellent question. Um, quite honestly, it started with my my visual appearance, my visual brand. Um, of course, I worked in corporate, the whole, you know, suited up type situation, which was fine, but I always had to kind of do it in my own way. And being a black female, a millennial black female in corporate, oftentimes I was the only, I was the youngest in the room, oftentimes the only female in the room, and oftentimes the only black person, period, in the room, which is so strange to say in this days and day and time as a millennial. And so for me, I just always felt a sense of, I think I kind of tested the envelope a bit. I'm just be honest. <laughs> I just did. Like, I would probably, you know, change up my hair a little bit. And that, I never, ever thought, and this really happened. I remember when I first went natural in 2012 or 13, the, the shock a little bit, like you can see that look on people's faces when you come to work and like, there's a total big chop and, you know, sisters, y'all know what I'm talking about. And they're like, I remember my boss saying to me, like, how was your weekend? I was like, it was great. He was like, so everything good? I was like, yeah. And he pointed at my hair and he was like, so you like it? I said, yeah, I love it. He said, well, if you like it, I love it. I'm good. So it was a part of me just finding my authentic self by testing the, the, the boundaries a little bit. And it's so crazy to me how we subscribe to what we think is appropriate or not. And it's not necessarily because someone told us. A lot of those things are assumed or inadvertently are passed down instead of us just saying, what if I break status quo? That's a part of being disruptive. We hear that word a lot in our space, Lawrence. And it really just came with, I just, I, I don't know if it's something I'm born with, Tamiko, to answer that question, but I'm not very good at being quiet or being boxed in. I'm just innately not. Lawrence, you know that. And so if I see an injustice, I'm probably going to be the one to speak up in the workplace and say something. I'm, I'm used to taking hits for people that are afraid to step up. And so if I had to be the one to cut my hair and wear it natural first and other sisters felt comfortable, fine. I didn't do it for that reason. I just, and I know I, I can't function fully in a space if I can't be myself. 
And so that was really the best gift I could give my company. That was the greatest part of my contribution was being myself because they got the best quality of my work. Yeah. And and I think you you really speak um, your truth to power in that sense of when when we operate and when this is the way we've always done it right this is the folklore and tribal wisdoms that become the governing culture norms um when they're not challenged and, and the crazy part about it is funny it's funny what we make a thing um in, in our personal lives at work and you'd be like who made that a thing like that's like the weirdest thing and and i i can recall um it's to, similar to the hair thing being one of the first battalion commanders I had as a as a young mm-hmm. lieutenant, kind of taking the lieutenants on this little walk through the brigade, and mm-hmm. we get to this wall of previous commanders, and and he points at the wall, and and one of the questions is, you know, what's what do you notice about all of them? And you know, one of my buddies, HBCU grad, shout out to HBCUs, he <laughs> goes, uh, sir, nobody black on the wall, <laughs> like like, like and, and he just kind of gives him this dumb look, like. No, duh, Captain Obvious. Um, but but nah, that's not what I'm talking about. And he was like, no mustache, men. Like, like really? Use you? Yeah. Like, what a mustache got to do with it? But those unspoken truths that can mm-hmm. get people hung up. And if you don't know yeah. them and you're not communicating them or exercising the opportunity to to self uh create and innovate um then you won't engage in those discussions if if you're just following what's put in place but there's something i want to throw out there um and and tamiko had a part two to her question but i really Mm -hmm. believe it can be um jump it can be wrapped up in when Mm -hmm. you say your your um your audience becomes your echo and and really thinking about what what went through your mind as you made the pivot to 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 move. Um wow. So the pivot, it's happened twice for me. <laughs> to be quite transparent. I think it happens in waves. Um the pivot for me, it happened mentally first before it happened physically. Honestly. And it was when I realized again there was no room and I mean this in the most humble way I know how that the people I was called to help was bigger than the place I was planted. Meaning I had these big ideas and things I wanted to try and it's okay. Like it wasn't the time or space for the company I was with at the time. And I knew that because I had a hunger and a purpose to to help and to activate people through coaching, through nonprofit, through other areas, because I didn't have a space at my job to do. And I asked, I was like, hey, I want to do these things. And it was and it was really at the um, nudging of the teams on site because I traveled the country and I was you know, working with teams all over. And I realized it's like, hey, they need coaching. They need support. There's another element I want to add to this. Or, hey, I really like some time um, really to cultivate this. And I was told no. And so I had a choice to make, quite honestly. You come to a crossroads. They said, well, this is the job. This is how the job has to be done. And I said, okay, 
it's time for me to go. And a good friend of mine who's an emotional intelligence expert, and I really kind of grieved that experience, I'm going to be honest with you, because I wanted so bad. I, I really loved my job. I didn't leave because I hated corporate, because I didn't want it. Was, it was never that. I just knew, like, some people are just kind of born entrepreneurs in a way. Like, you just know the cert- corporate structures don't always fit who you are and how you're called to serve in some capacities, right? And so I remember one one particular leader who was really vouching for me to do this program said, but wouldn't it best serve our people if we at least tried? And they ignored her. And then they came back later and said, you know what? Now we're having to hire the thing you were willing to do internally. And that's when I knew I had something. When I was being pulled on and getting requests way more outside of my, you know, corporate nine to five. I was like, okay, I'm obviously being called somewhere different. So your pivot is a matter of, are you willing to answer that call? And are you willing to apply your gifts and your talents to that, to be an answer? That's really where it comes. It's your choice. For some people, it, it's it's okay. And I'm not knocking it. Like I still right now, um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I still work a job in entrepreneurship. You have to create the situation that works for you. But all you can do is ask. They're going to say yes or no. And now you're at a crossroads if you're okay with that no. And the friend who was who is an emotional intelligence, intelligence expert said to me, Melissa, it wasn't that they were a bad company or you had a bad boss. Your values just didn't fit. And I was like, oh, wow. She said at that time, what their mission was and what your personal mission was, it didn't connect anymore. And that's okay. So it's time to pivot when where you are and where you going do not have a line mission anymore. And right there, people, we're going to pause for a commercial break that if you don't have a coach, this is what coaching does for people. It helps you connect the dots between where you are and where you desire to be. All right. Uh, so back in it, um, <laughs> Melissa, you um, you drop in hot fire um, this morning because when it comes to just just that maturity, right, mm-hmm. as a professional of they don't see my worth. Right. How many ain't. I, am I the only one guilty of they don't see my worth? I'm, I'm going to stop giving them my best. Like instead of getting mad, just mm-hmm. see if the time is now to pivot. Right. And yeah. and I love what you said is like I the identification that where you were called to was bigger than where you were planted. And what happens a lot of times is the longer you stay in a place that you were actually supposed to only be there in a seasonal situation, you tried to make a permanent home and you started trying to grow roots and you were forcing yourself to make it work. And so it's that that round peg in a square hole kind of thing. And, and, and I love that you connected with somebody who could step back as an observer, observer controller and, mm-hmm. and see the situation and help you learn the skill set of reframe. And I love that those, those intentional disruptions that that have happened over time that me and you have talked about that Mm -hmm. you've had to make sure that you saw them correctly because when we when we go in and we go Mm -hmm. that that energy level goes down and we start doing the victim thing or whatever it is right you actually take yourself out of the game of seeing the bigger opportunity that is presented for your growth and development and one thing i love that you are and you call yourself um you know what? We got, we got a full blown uh, advocate Avenger um, in the room for your voice. Um, 
help help them understand what it looks like to be an advocate for mm -hmm. others developing their voice. What that looks like to be in, an advocate is someone, and if you know me, you know I I'm, I stand on the four relationships, right? And advocate is just one of the four you need. And an advocate is absolutely necessary. An advocate may not necessarily be your coach. The advocate is someone who is willing to give voice and give a reflection or a mirror to who you are and what you need to say when you're not in the room. They are the ones who can be the bridge to the ones who can connect and create change for you. Okay. So here's what happened for me corporately because I was a trainer. So I'm not necessarily, you know, I, I was, you know, VP of training and I was a, a marketing director at one point in my career. I was in somewhat in the middle management position, operation support. So I wasn't the authority on site as a direct supervisor, but yet I wasn't in the C-suite, which was the perfect place for me to pivot and advocate for those whom I work directly with because I had audience with those who could make decisions and make changes, okay? So I, I saw how that worked. I was like, okay, I have the trust of the unheard and I have the ear of the change maker. And that's a powerful place to be. And if you find yourself in that position, don't... um resent the place of in between because that makes you a conduit that makes you the connector that makes you the plug oftentimes we resent the middle of our process but it's in that that you may be cultivating the advocate that's in you because you're not starting out your career you're not at entry level anymore you may not have reached the apex of what the world says is success but you're you have the vantage point of all parties involved so you have to now put yourself in position because I'm, I can't get in too much trouble here. Like I, it's like, Hey, I'm in the middle. I'm nobody's boss. I'm nobody's supervisor. And I could just speak it plain as it is. And oftentimes I'm Switzerland. Like I need, I can be the one to say, wait a minute, maybe this team is not getting results because it's, it's skill versus will. And they haven't been given the skills before I came in. So I need to go back and do foundational work. And they're like, you think so? Absolutely. And I substantiate my advocacy with results and I quantify them. Absolutely. Let me let, let me let me let me let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you. Don't don't resist the place of in between. Um, and, 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 and here's the funny part. The um, and, I, and I liken that place to uh, special operations and special Ooh, forces special because for, we are special forces. You, we are special forces. Yes. You, you decentralize, which give you the ability to go in train what you need to train, but step back, observe, assess, and say, hey, yes. be an advocate, be somebody who's able to speak freely Absolutely. when you're not tied to a thing. And that's why mm -hmm. I believe so much so in consultants and so much for internal an analysts and right. these subject matter experts that have the ability to step back. But it's, it's one of those things that I love that you said, somebody advocating for you when you're not around. If you're that senior leader who mm -hmm. has been introduced to Coach Mel and she's helped you, she supports your organization's growth and development, make sure that you don't hoard her by, by being stingy, by not telling nobody else and keeping yeah. that secret. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of times that's what ends up happening. In, and yeah. what they, and they, or they don't say your name at all. And they try to pawn off things that you've supported them with by not saying your name. 
Here's yeah. the scary part about that, leaders. Um, and hopefully nobody that's listening is a culprit of this um, or a defender. Uh, what happens is you, you there's a, there's an expiration date on that because yeah. you because you didn't create it and you didn't come up with it. You actually have a lid in your capacity to continue to perform in that manner. And so what you need to do is get is, is check your ego and bring that person in with you so that you actually are seen as a person that is strategic in your ability to play chess, not checkers. It's a checker mentality to actually act like you're going to run with somebody else's idea. And so I love that you you brought up that part about advocates because advocates are secure in they who they are. They're confident yeah. in who they are and they yeah. do not mind that. Guess what? They're humble. Yes. They don't mind anybody else shining. Mm-mm. They don't mind it. And, and so when you think about just where this takes all from and and I love what you say here. If you do not activate y'all's voice, if I need y'all to hear this. If you do not activate your voice, who will? And so M- Melissa, help people. Create an audio legacy. How did that? What is what is that? What does that even mean? I'm I'm going to be as real as I know how right now in this moment. This particular thing hit me. Please don't take this the wrong way. This this came from a place of. I was literally at a funeral one day. And I, I have this thing when I read obituaries. I'm not necessarily saddened by the loss of the person. I'm saddened at the loss of the legacy because I feel like obituaries don't encompass the totality of the impact the person made. And so what frustrates me, I'm like, I always want to know the gaps in the story. I'm like, well, wait, who, whose life did they touch? Well, wait, I mean, I know who their kids are, their job and like where they went to church. Well, okay. All the typical things they put in the framework. Most obituaries have this framework, but I'm like, but what did they teach? Who did they touch? And so I go on this search to like Google, like content about who is this person, right? And then it hit me like, what is my audible legacy? Um, I was watching a teaching on YouTube. Now catch this of um, just the incomparable Dr. Miles Monroe and who who is, you know, transition. And so I realized like, wait a minute, I'm learning his teachings. I'm watching his videos on YouTube. I'm reading his books. I'm listening to podcasts with his audible legacy, his teaching, his voice. And I said, oh, my gosh, it is it would be just tragic if we don't leave some sort of audible legacy. And how we've done that, particularly as a people, Lawrence, I love that you have on my ancestors wildest dreams as a people, particularly as black people, because we have no memorable heritage to or connection to our people in Africa is through stories, is through the audible legacy of our customs, our traditions that were passed down to ancestors. And we were able to catch that through what? Audible legacy stories that were documented. And so I just became passionate. I said, wait a minute, a voice will be told whether a a voice will be used and heard whether you use your voice or not and what i personally didn't want was someone standing over me on my last day telling my story their way and not mine if you're gonna tell it tell it right (laughs) all right so um if you're gonna tell it tell it right Tell and, it my way. I wanted to tell my story my way. I did. 
I thought about that thing, especially the pandemic, especially got, you know, the mortality rate and people like young people, just people checking out of here, man. And I said, like every podcast you create, Lawrence, every video you create is your audible legacy. That is insurmountable. And and not to mention, if you're protecting it, it, you've now created an audible legacy that is ownership for your children's children's children. Like I can literally hold tapes, recordings of my mother's radio shows and her teachings and my children can watch them. And now it, it could be repurposed for books, for teachings, for training. So we we all deserve it. Everyone talks about being an author. Yet there's two types. There's I told you, a voice will be expressed in two ways, written or verbal. We cannot negate the verbal and the power of that cadence, that calibration in your voice. Y'all, um, <laughs> so we we got we got worlds we need to give back to, but um, I want to say I want to say thank you because I, I said this to somebody the other day, and and I love that you said if you're gonna tell my story, tell it right. Um, I I'm connected with 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 brothers that do production and video because I just want you to play my highlight reel. I don't even need you to say nothing. Just hit play. Like that's, that's that's all I and and and, I, and it took me, it took me to get out of my own way and and again it's that that put your head down, be grateful and thankful that you got air in your lungs and it's like no how did we get to a place of fulfillment of legacy of wealth creation all the rest we had to communicate with each other and if we are the backstop or the bottleneck for information because we're not using our voices or we're not sharing then we're doing a disservice to humanity and right. and and one thing one of the travesties that 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 came up was yolo you only live once no you live every day you die once yeah. um so let's let's yeah. let's get it right um and i know it was cute to say and it was popular in a song but no, get it right. Put perspective yeah. on this thing. And I love that you are living full out every single day. Mm -hmm. And I know um, I want people to be connected with you, Coach Mel, because you are changing lives. You're certifying other coaches. You're doing yeah. some amazing, amazing things to, to speak truth to power um, in, in your own Coach Mel way. And I absolutely love it. So I put your contact information in the chat, but I also need you to tell people how can they follow you? How can they connect with your communities and all of that? Absolutely. Look, family, connect with me at theactivationhour.com. Um, again, whether it's corporate kingdom or community, activating voices is what I do to activate your voice and amplify your story. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Melissa D. White or the Activation Hour and the podcast. We are now releasing season three. <laughs> it's been three seasons in March where um, the Activation Hour podcast on all platforms and the theme this season is becoming. So you have to become your highest self to be who you're called to be. You have to. And so this last season was the season of unlearning. Now we're becoming. So join me on this journey to activate. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. Oh, I tell you what, it, it don't matter <laughs> what space we on. We going to rock. <laughs> we going to rock together. I keep telling y'all, um, being being open and being and availing yourself to your community yeah. um, is beyond blood. Right. It's, it goes beyond blood, particularly when you're operating in purpose. Um, and if you are somebody who is out there, you're a coach, you're a trainer, you're a speaker, and you believe you have 
a message to share. You want to activate your voice. Um, if today didn't get you pumped uh, enough to get on get on out here um, and, and stretch your capacity, um, then I don't know what will. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to, again, thank you, Melissa, for sharing this space with me uh, because I told you when, when I got live, we got live. Um, yeah. and, and so we're always going to show up humble, open, and transparent. Thank y'all for tuning in. Um, like, share, stop hoarding. Make sure others know where to find us on these Monday mornings. All right. So until next time, y'all, peace, love, and wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs>